This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the Locker Room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And, whoa, yes, we got kind of a funky Thursday morning going on here. You know, I mean, it's just one of those deals where you know, it's a slow rollout to the morning. That's just one of those things that uh, happens occasionally from time to time. But there is something that I got, you know, we got, you got to have good news. All right? Good news is always part of what you want on a, on a Thursday morning like this. And, Max, are you there, my friend? I am All here, right. Wolf. Just making sure. Okay, now, I came across this last night and again this morning, but 105-year-old Julia Hawkins set an age group record, world record, by the way, in the 100-meter, and I do add air quotes here, sprint. Now, this is unbelievable. She did it in one minute and three seconds. That's pretty what? good. <laughs> that's that's galloping there for the gal, huh? How about that? Oh, my gosh. That is moving like lightning right there. <laughs> Think about it. You're 105 years old. This lady from ba- Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Baton Rouge. Yes, the Baton yes. Rouge. All right, she and her husband built this house in 1948, and they, uh, they were married for like 70 years. And unfortunately for her, you know, her husband passed away about 10 years ago. But she started running at the age of 100. Wow. What 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 you decided after a century that now the time to start picking up a hobby like that? Apparently <laughs> so, my friend. So she comes in, she starts running, and before you know it, she's age group centurion one hundred meter sprint champion. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculously cool. Uh yeah. Something that I can admire, but I can tell you at a hundred, uh I, that's not going to be on my mind. <laughs> Think about it, Max. Not, not, what, not going to cross my mind. What what causes you to decide, I'm going to start running at the age of 100? I mean, her nickname now is Hurricane. That's what in the oh. community, you know, she's okay. pretty well known in the community. You know, and she, I, I would take it that that speaks to her um, being a, uh, you know, upbeat, lively person, you know. Uh, but 100 years old, and you said, Maybe now I'm going to start jogging. That's pretty amazing. She jogs one or two miles a day, man. I mean, I mean, I, I guess maybe you think that you know what? Hey, I want to get over there faster than I normally would. <laughs> like I don't like the extra two minutes or so that it takes to get to there. So you know what? I want to cut that out. I only got so much time left. I don't want to waste it in the commute. You know what I'm saying? Like the commute. That, 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 that's all, that's I'm all commuting I, from here to there. Okay. Exactly. I don't like that lag time between point A and point B. I don't. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that's what I have to guess. <laughs> my, my commuting from the upstairs to the downstairs, or, or vice versa, is taking too long, and I'm going to get in yeah. shape. God bless her. What a great it's not attitude. It's not efficient enough. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. A hundred year of critiques. That is awesome. That is no, that's awesome. I just wonder, based on the fact that she did a hundred meters in one minute and three seconds, what one mile might take her. You know, God bless her. Hey, that's more than I'm doing. Okay. That's Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, yeah no, you know, yeah, no. That's uh I, wow. If it okay, a minute for a hundred meters. 
Don't even I I can't I carry I can't. the one. I can't do that. That's just Well no, I mean just just it would take it would take so she'd probably run a sixteen fifty mile. Really? So break seventeen minutes. Okay. That's sixteen hundred meters in a mile. Better than so me, man. That's for sure. One hundred times sixteen uh, <laughs> sixteen hundred. Carry the two <laughs> I don't know. Three. I'm just. I'm just saying. I'm. Ju- I'm just saying. I mean, you know. I got you. Yeah, she. She would break 17 minutes, which is which is pretty darn good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know, you think about it. That's that's really amazing. And I just had to salute her because at at 105, you're setting records, world records. After taking it up at 100, um, I, I just think that's a marvelous thing. And. Somebody right there, it's an expression of what life is meant to be. You know, that at yeah. any age, any time, you're, you're always out there. You, you have fun. You challenge yourself. You pick up new things. Uh, you live life joyously. And I, everything I read about this, this uh, young lady, this 105-year-old young lady, because she is young at heart, um, leads me to believe that she is uh, living a well-rounded life and enjoying it. And a lot of people think so much of her. So I thought I'd throw that out there, my friend, because, see, we can then start to our training. <laughs> we can begin to get ready for our 100-meter oh, yeah. sprint. Yeah, that'll, I doubt that's going to happen. That, that, will ne- that, will, that would never happen again. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would love to think that, but I, I ran too many sprints uh, in my, 20, in my right. 20s, my teens, my, my, my pre-teens. My single-digit years, so yeah, no. By one hundred, I if I haven't done it by then, it, it's not going to get done. <laughs> it's not happening. I'm, hey, listen, I I I might I might break the little the like the little rascal scooter record. I might I might jack that up and <laughs> hit hit some high RPMs on that bad boy as I'm scooting through the uh, grocery store. But yeah, no, no. There's uh, physically moving my body faster than the pace that I want it to be because I made it to a hundred. Uh, does not sound appealing. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Wait, since you're talking about scooters, what about like Walmart, some of those scooters they got? What would it be like to have drag races with that? And oh could, you, could you outrun something like that? You know, I mean, those don't move too fast, right? Yeah, no, they don't move that fast, but they do have the wheelie bar at the back. You know oh, that one to make sure right. you don't yep. tip backwards. So, that's I mean, a good technically... Point. You tune you you tune that battery up because there's no engine in there. Just tune the battery up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you shift your weight back a little bit more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's rear wheel drive, right? So you know it, it's it's a possibility. I mean, you tweet. I, I've I've seen some pretty fast scooters out here, but then again, those might not be up to regulation and par. <laughs> the ones that I've seen. I'd probably put little flames on it. You know, make it look faster than it is. It's all about the optical illusion as well. You know, I, I, I could see that happening, but yeah, no, I, when I see, first of all, when I see people in Walmart, some of the people that get those scooters, I'm like, really, you're that lazy. <laughs> I mean, some of them is merited, right? But some of them is just like, I can do it. So I'm going to, I don't want to propel my feet forward. Unlike the 105 year old lady yes. who would bypass the, those, the scooter option. <laughs> but then I see, you know, I see people in their twenties. That definitely look that walked in the store just fine, but then plopped down on the scooter to do some perusing. It's like you must not have anything on your schedule. The hundred and five year old lady would be upset because when we talk about efficiency, right? Right. I don't like how slow I'm getting from A to B, so I want to speed that up. They're the complete opposite. They're they're her antithesis. 
Very, very true. No doubt about it. Now, since we're on the scooter thing, now, you saw my yeah. brother yesterday, right? Ron Wolfley? Correct. Yes, okay. Correct. The Wolfley boys growing up, my dad uh, liked motorcycles. He got motorcycles. We lived next to a gravel pit. We grew up kind of riding dirt bikes over in the gravel pit, okay? So at one point in time, I had this a crazy desire to emulate Evil Knievel growing up because that was my time era. Okay, Evil yeah, Knievel. Yeah. He even had the Evil Knievel doll, you know, Christmas doll, you know, and on a bike and you, you, you scoot and you could crash all over the place. It was a lot of fun. But I had, you know, we had some Suzukis, and so uh, we, uh, yeah, we I was a Honda XR80 guy. Oh, nice were you? Okay, I had a nice yeah. Suzuki yeah. 250. And the problem was I started out way in the bike, which you know that's a problem. So, <laughs> but anyhow, Ronnie you start and I, somewhere. <laughs> Ronnie and I ran fun, the funniest part was Ronnie on a little hundred cc or ninety cc that we had Suzuki. Yeah, he would ride, and and when he stopped, he was so little at the time, he would just fall over on the bike, you know, because he couldn't he couldn't reach the ground. So, so one time we're down in the gravel pit. We built this How dirt ramp. How do you get ramp. started? How do you get started? I would, That's I would, what I want to know. Well, I would hold the bike and hold oh, him upright, okay. and then you know run along with him until he got he got going, and then and then I'd oh get God. on my bike. So we're riding. We're in the back, right? So we built this dirt ramp, and so I'm going. I'm, I'm like jumping the bike, and you know going 10, 20 feet, stuff like that. And Ronnie's sitting there, and Ronnie goes all of a sudden. Ronnie goes, "Hey, Grandma, take the emergency brake off, would you?" <laughs> So oh my he god. He challenged my manhood right there. So what did I do? I hit that ramp at about fifty mile an hour and I soared. I went later on we counted it. It would have been like sixty feet. But I went flying and I thought I was gonna die. I mean it was that moment you went way out of control and you're like going somehow it landed semi safely and, and I remember like being so stunned I just came to a stop, dropped the bike. Ronnie comes running, he's go, he's yelling Unbelievable! I thought I thought you were gonna die. And he looks at me, and goes, "Do it again." I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> absolutely not. No, I'm absolutely not gonna do it not. again." That ended my evil can evil career. Well, I mean, because that's the thing, right? When, when you're jumping ramps, there's that moment where you're like, "Yes," and then you realize I'm still in the air, and you're like, "No," <laughs> like th- this was supposed to. This was supposed to end like ten seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> in your mind this, this <laughs> is not good <laughs> this isn't good this isn't healthy no humans are not meant to fly i don't have feathers i don't have feathers <laughs> I, I, i'm gonna die <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean oh it was bad so that was that was really one of the funniest things i remember as uh, ronnie and i young with our brother dale and everything all, all this stuff we used to because we lived by the gravel pit man and that gravel pit was tons of fun you know, you can yeah. get down there and spend all day and dirt bike riding and all that sort of stuff and all the calamities yeah, that go with it. Well, see, we had woods, so we, oh, we used okay. to race in. The, yeah, so we so and there was like straightaways because you know where, where they clear for the telephone towers. Oh yeah, and the ele- and the electrical uh, poles. So we would have clearings like strips. So we would take our bikes out there and just drag down right, those strips right. and everything and then and then we created a course in the woods where you could kind of go around right your own motocross course sure yeah so i mean so we we have now I mean, is this in florida yeah it was in florida okay. yeah in florida yeah. all right yeah uh, right outside orlando yeah. all right now let me ask you this did you ever like encounter a, a python or a bow out there while you're meandering around because i know they're in the everglades oh, oh yeah no, no no never a boa because that they wanted to be closer to water Okay. Um, you know, in swampier areas, but 
No, nah, we definitely we definitely had our fair share of snakes that oh. you're just sitting there, and some are in the trees, and you're just like, oh, and you just try. To, <laughs> you, you you know you catch it as a flash as you're as you're riding through, but then you know you go kind of go back and look, and you're like. Okay, just keep my head down. Just keep my head down and go fast. It's not keep easy for you at 6'8". It's not easy to keep your head down. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that that's one of the things where you're just like, dude, this is this is too crazy. I don't like snakes. So, I don't like snakes no, at all. I, I don't either. And I live in the desert. I live in the desert. Do you know how many, like, rattlers we have to clear, like, from the front yard area because we have our dog? Remember I told you? I told, told me you. the one day. Yeah. You're out there and you got to... Yeah, what, it's a rattler out in your driveway or something? Western Diamondback. Yeah, Ooh. Western Diamondback just sitting at the foot of the driveway. And, you know, and then and then actually I was taking my dog out in the evening when I was taking the trash out, and I heard it, and I didn't know where it was. I just stopped in my tracks. I went and got a flashlight, and I looked, and I found it. I called the fire department, and they Ooh. came and got, got him. And that one was like a, like a, like about a five-footer. I was like, oh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope. Don't play with it. I don't play with it at all. You know who was? So, yeah. Okay, every team's got a trickster, right? Mike Webster yeah. was our dirty trickster. All right, he was. That's what Steve Corson named him, the dirty trickster. So one of the Mike Webster's favorite tricks was he had at one time he had this five foot rubber snake. All right, so it was very you know oh, that's gosh. that's big, right? Uh, and what you would he yeah. would do was in between double sessions, as you were laying there trying to get your rest after the morning practice, eat lunch, lay down before the second practice, get some rest, and then you go, you know, do it all over again. He would come in if he caught you like you're just like dozing or napping, he'd throw the snake on you, and you'd come up just swinging. I mean, he just that thing would hit you, and and all of a sudden you're looking at it, it was very lifelike, you know. I mean, at five foot and that rubbery type thing when it's thick and everything yeah. and you just i mean you'd absolutely freak out man you'd be swinging and, and yelling and he would be standing outside the the door you know just in the hallway and laughing oh mike would laugh <laughs> oh it was brutal i would I, I would take it like a whip and i, I would i would hit him with it <laughs> there's there's no way oh, i was man. so oh, relieved that it was just a rubber snake i didn't even think about it you know oh oh yeah no no my reaction would have been out of pure safety and survival mode, like once I identify it, but then when I see him out there snickering like a, like a big toddler, oh yeah, no, no, now 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 I've got to hit you with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. I just know that's it. That that was a scary feeling. As a matter of fact, you stopped like taking naps because you never knew if Webby was around with that stupid thing, man. And, and especially as much as I love naps. Oh. I would that, that that would that would anger me because I I am a good power napper. Are I you love really a good twenty? Oh, I'm a good fifteen twenty minutes. Give it to me. I'll take it wherever. Now, do you do and, the technique with the keys? No. Okay. Was it, was it the key? The technique? keys. The the key. They say that the optimal time to nap is about like you said, fifteen to twenty. Okay. Yeah. Anything more, and you start to get into the deeper stuff and all that. So I was told that if you hold your keys in your hand. And as you lay there, you doze off, and just about the time at 15, 20 minutes, the keys will drop from your hand as you go into deeper sleep, and it will wake you up. It'll startle you and wake you up. 
Oh. So, so I yeah, had no, tried that. No, I never no. had that. Did, did it work? Did it work for no, you? No, no. I just felt the keys yeah, dropping. Because if I get that deep in sleep, what if, what, what if what if you have carpet below your feet, right? Right. The key oh, drops, it, does, it doesn't make that good a sound. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you need like a hard surface for the key. Then what type of keys do you have? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the other thing. Can you get clanky keys? Yes. <laughs> you know what? The skeleton I get that keys, per- the big gel cell keys. Or, or, or what if you got like the janitor style, right? With the li- with the little uh, you know clip that had that has the kind of expando that goes back to your waist. You know what I'm saying? Like do you have to remove that. Because what if it just boom, just it zips to your waist, and now you know it never hit the ground. So I I don't have I don't have my kick to get me back awake. You know, there's so many different things with, with the keys. No, no. Oh man, what's who was who was the trickster? And your was was it Troy? Troy was he was one of those guys that was Troy, kind of Troy common. was a silent trickster. Okay. Um also oh gosh. Antoine Randall okay. was another one. L L L was a trickster. Heinz kinda. Heinz kinda trickster. Uh Willie and Trey would and Darnell when they were together, though that, okay. that, that trio, they would come up with some mischievous stuff um to mess with you. So yeah, we, 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 we had a good number of you always kept your head on the swivel, but I still I still found my nap time in the locker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No nap time here. We're gonna go to break. We'll be back with more. It's Starks yeah. Wolf and the Ninjas coming at you from ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. And we're back in the locker room. Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas, ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio. The number is 412-919-1316 if you want to give us a buzz. Okay, so... Today is a special day, Max. And uh, yes, it is. Uh, you know, Veterans Day is always, I, to me, it's a day deep appreciation day for the veterans who have served this country, who um, are armed forces men and women. They are uh, second to none, and one of the in the greatest uh, armed forces in the history of the world, in my mind. You know, and, they, and we love yeah. our armed forces men and women. I will tell you a quick story. Um, back in my playing day, my second year in the league, maybe my first, I can't remember. I was a very stupid young man I was, okay? And I remember after a tough game, you know, talking about how we were, we were, you know, we went to war, we went to battle, you know, in this game. And, uh, you know, blah, 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 the stupid things you say with it in front of a microphone with a TV camera there, you know, post-game stuff. So quietly after the game's over, uh, I'm sorry, after the interview's over, um, and everybody's gone away, the camera and everybody else, um, guy comes over and pats me and says, um, hey, he says, I, this isn't this isn't war. Let me tell you, I want to show you what war does. And uh, it was Rocky Blyer, and he took, and later on, and he, when he made an appointment in the offseason, we went to the VA. And I'll never forget that because, number one, it was an older teammate who um, didn't, ridicule or rip me you know or, or or you know everything like that but took the time to mentor me and what it meant you know to go to war to be part of the armed forces as as rocky was and and did 
um, and then to take me to a place to show me this is what war is like, you know. And I, I've always remembered that because I've always so much loved and appreciated Rocky Vlyer for his kindness and for his mentoring because that's part of what a locker room does. That's part of what a healthy uh, teammate, you know, relationship is all about, the mentoring of young men. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it, it's it's something that, you know, we do say trench warfare and, you know, in the trenches, well, that, that, that comes from military, right? right? Some of the phrasings that we use, but like you said, it, it's very far from that. Yes. It, it is a combat. We do play a combative sport, right? but it is not combat. Right. <laughs> and, yes. you know, it, it's funny that you said it because, I mean, I definitely want to give, obviously, a happy 246 to our United States Marine Corps. Absolutely. You know, Semper Fi. And, but also, you know, my cousins. You know, um, I have a lot of veterans in my family as well. Uh, my cousin Duke, Timothy Davis, my, co- my cousins Harriet Carter and Jason Carter, my cousin Al, and my cousin Warren. You know, um, you know all, of, all, all of those have, have served, and I love them dearly. You know, funny enough, my second year in the league – do you know what I did, Wolf? What's that? I went on a USO tour. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I went on I a USO tour. I asked to tour. go on one when and my son was over in Afghanistan, <laughs> and I asked to yeah. go on one, and I, 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 I didn't get it. I was not able to go. They, they, yeah, no, I, I, we, it was right after we won Super Bowl Forty. Cool. Um, I'll never forget this. I had knee surgery <laughs> really? two weeks before. Wow. Uh, so, and I was like, I'm going. I'm going. Wait a minute. <laughs> no is this when you were flying it. along the Pakistani border? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. This was that same time. You did that so, with an operation on your knee. Yes, I did. Uh, see, see. listen. No days off, Wolf. No days off. <laughs> That's Me excellent. and the 105-year-old lady need to have a talk. <laughs> That's it. No. But uh, but what we got to do? We got to go. We got to go to. Um, we got to go to the Balkans. Got to go to um, mm. Pristina, Kosovo, to a joint uh, joint uh, joint forces base um, with a bunch of international soldiers as well. Wow! Not only with our Americans. Then I went. Then we went to Kyrgyzstan. Then we went to Afghanistan, and then we finished off at Al Dafra, right there in the in the Persian Gulf. So it was something that was truly special. Um, you know, I've done a lot of work. With, you know, doing stuff and goodwill for for our men and women of, of the armed forces. I, I've been to Walter Reed a number of times. Yeah, I did the, get there yeah. one time. I, it, I was yeah. invited to go with with a bunch of players, and that was really um, that was another kind of traumatic learning experience. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and it's just you know, it's something that was is dear and dear to me because right because I mean, I use my family history. I mean, going back to my great great grandfather. I mean, served wow. in World War One. That is so, so cool. So you know, I have a deep appreciation for our military, and I'm so thankful for what they do. And anytime I get a chance to thank them and and do something to help them, I'm I'm always there, <clears throat> trying to do my best. And I think that's, you know, that's something that I've always felt personal about. And you know, I've been on I've been on a couple of aircraft carriers. You know, I remember going down to Norfolk right. and cool. flying out to the Teddy Roosevelt. That was pretty awesome. Wow. To, spend, to spend the first command master chief that was a female. She was she was she was she was manning that ship, and uh, I was like, man, this is awesome to be out here. Wow! And you know, I got to go on the Ronald Reagan as well. But uh, I mean, just I mean, deep appreciation. And then my my daughter's godmother, um, Leah Brown. She served in the Navy. Um, as a captain in the Navy, 
Uh, and she, she keeps, she's still in the reserves. Um, so, you know, it's just, we've always been surrounded by service members and it's, it's something that I, I don't take this day for granted for, for a lot of reasons. My good friend, Jacquees Blackwell out here, he served in the army for six years. He was in, he was in military intelligence. So he was, he was, he was a code breaker. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a special day. And, you know, I, I definitely I, I, I work the phones, making sure I send out my text messages and everything else um, to show my appreciation. Because, you know, this is one of those few chances where you get to really show that. And, you know, having the salute to service game on Monday night, everybody wearing the camo. Of course, me not fighting anything that fits me. It's OK. I'm not going <laughs> to. Well, I, I agree with you. I've been trying for four years. I've been yep. trying for four years to get a military like the Steelers when they had the salute to service. Right. Because what I used to do as a player, you know, we used to get the decals on the back. Okay. And I would split my decal between right. Air Force and and uh and Army because of because of my cousins. Right. And then I had to go into thirds because of Leah because when my youngest daughter or my oldest daughter was born. And so I had thirds. I had na- I had Navy, <laughs> I had Army and Air Force on my decal. Because they wouldn't give me three decals. I was like, why can't y'all just, y'all cut up three decals to make this one? Why can't you just give me three decals? Like, that's favoritism. I was like, okay, fine, fine, fine. But yeah, but I mean, but that's how much it meant, you know, um, you know, because it, it is such an important service. It really is, you know, and I, I, I have to say, just launch out a thank you uh, for your service to Rocky Blyer, Andy Russell, two great Steelers. Uh, John Kolb, who also served in the military, we appreciate you guys so very much. And by the way, we're going to have uh, John Kolb tomorrow on the show oh, prior nice. to the Hall of Honor, talking Hall of Honor and, of course, his great uh, charity, um, Adventures in Training with a Purpose, talking about that, what he's doing uh, right now in the community, and how much he works with veterans, by the way, because that's what he does. Then also I want to say thank you to Scotty, uh, my Vietnam veteran uh, buddies, Scotty and Jimmy Mack, for their service. And uh, there's so many others, and we'll wind it up just by saying thank you for your service to my bride, Faith, who served in the Air Force, and also uh, our oldest boy, Kyle Jacob Wolfley, who's a major in the Army. So thank you for your service to all service members out there who are Currently yeah, serving, all retired, you. about to enter. Just thank you because you guys are, are just the most awesome people in the world. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, and also a special shout out to my special uh, special services detail out there, the Marine Corps detail that, that kept us safe in Afghanistan. You guys oh, yeah. were awesome. And uh, Greg Skip Turan, who was, who was a Blackhawk uh, <laughs> uh, chopper engineer, and he's out of Johnstown. Skip used to come up to camp. Uh, every year, and he he'd hit me up, and I'd make sure that uh, he got all the autographs he needed for his kids and everything. Absolutely, so definitely. Thank you all for your service. There's too many to name. I appreciate all of you. Thank you. And my buddy, there's I, there's so many. George Mess. I know, I, right? I know. Yeah. I just started going. Yeah. I want to thank it, him it just for his streaming and everything. Yeah, yeah, he was he was he was a, he was a gunner in the in the helicopters, a tail gunner uh, in oh, Vietnam. Nice. I mean, just there's just such great people. Joy, uh, uh, Colonel Co- George Kabari, who's been a mentor to Kyle Jacob, we met him up at West Point. Uh, another guy that I, you know, say thank you for your service. Just these guys, there's, there's just so many, and it's amazing when you you realize you look around and see these these folks who sacrifice so much 
You know, um, yeah, it, it really is amazing. One of the most amazing things I ever did, since you're talking about the fact that you were flying a C-130, okay, yeah, got to ride at uh, Super Bowl 40. Uh, I think you know a little something okay. about that, okay? In Detroit, you might remember that event. Okay, you might remember that event <laughs> since you were there and playing. Yeah. Um, but Tunch and I went on a. He somehow during the week we met some guy um, on, in the Air Force who was going to conduct. Uh, they were going to do some dry runs with the uh, F-16s. You know that patrol Ooh. over the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Over Ford Field. So we go out there, and we're in this Falcon Learjet type thing. I don't know what it is. But we're, we're flying along, and we're, I don't know how many thousands of feet we're up there, but they, they, they do these dry runs where the F-16s come up along on each side of the plane to intercept. And they will move. They were so close. They were like 8, 10 feet from our wingtips. You could see the pilot's face in the F-16. Scared the crud out of me. I mean, did, and then. Did, did you see him doing like this? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, give you the direct like, Get down! Get, get down! down. Well, this, now, the second pass is they will come along and they will uh, actually go under and then blow up right in front of you, creating this downdraft. Oh, you want to talk? It's like a free fall. I was scared to death. I had almost wanted to choke Chalooch. Touch, what'd you get us into? You know, I'm scared to death. <laughs> you know what I mean? We just so you were pulling a Mike Webster is what you're telling me. I was. I was, man. I was totally pulling a Mike Webster. We dropped White so knuckle in the seat in front of you. <laughs> Touch was telling our pilot, going, oh, my, my buddy here, Wolf says, you can't scare him. And I'm like, what? I didn't say anything. <laughs> oh, he was poking the bear. Oh, what a trip that was. That was yeah. absolutely unbelievable to see these F-16s up close like that. Just amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Now, the best moment I remember with uh, with Jets taking off um, – it was the F fourteen, uh, the Tomcats, right? Oh yeah. And I was, I was on the, I was on the Teddy Roosevelt on, on, on the main deck, and we were watching them get, get slingshots off of, off of the deck of the ship. And you're standing in, and you're sitting in between them. Got you, got you, got your, got your cranial on. You got the right. vest, and you're just taking a knee. Right. And I had, I had my handy cam camcorder, and I'm just filming this as these big, humongous jets are just getting slung past me. Um, with with the, with the, with the hooks and they're slingshotting them off, oh my off, of, off of the plane. Oh, I mean, that was awesome to see it off the top deck. You know, doing like five checks. It was just, it was truly amazing, and just the job that they do, and just the minute details that must be adhered to. Um, you know, in those moments, like you know, there's nothing you don't know, a gravel, a grain of something. You pick that up immediately. Right. Everything stays spotless, and you're on this humongous moving city that's that's my best the best description of an aircraft a floating carrier. city yes yeah, a floating city that's moving through water and you're just like oh my gosh there's nothing there's nothing else around here well, <laughs> okay let's see we got we got enough time yeah we still got a minute or two okay then what was it like when they landed because now they're coming in to me getting slingshotted off is one thing and that's scary enough but trying to land yeah. on a moving target Moving up and down, so, and don't they have hooks or something that they got to so hook it's the plane? A, it's, a, it's a tail hook landing, they call it. And so what? So there, there's three wires that are set across the entire width um, towards the back. And so when you're landing, you have this tail hook okay. that's attached out the back that drops down, and you're trying to hit 
the second one. You know, you have the you have the one in the front and the back. It's you know because obviously military has a lot of redundancies, right? You right. got to have you gotta a have check it. for a check of a check. So if you hit the first one, you are too early, too hot. You hit the second one just right, and the third one is if you're late, and if you miss that one, you just bounce and keep going, right? It's a touch and go. Wow. Um, and so we so we got to see these landings, and man, it is impressive. I mean, we we flew on a cod, and they and, and so we got to land on one, so we felt. Wait, you're what's sitting backwards in the plane. That that's the that's the carrier that that, that they oh, bring okay. people over onto onto the aircraft carrier. Okay, okay. And so, so we we actually you know we experienced it. We got slung shot off when we left, and wow. we had a tail hook landing when we came in. And they actually gave me the uh, the, the the pin from from one of the launch Boy, from that's one of the slung shot launches. So yeah, and I had I had uh, I had the pilot sign sign that launch pin for me. Um, but because that, that was, I mean, that, that's one of the cool things that, you know, yes, I'm, I'm in a privileged position that I get to go and experience this for a couple of days and then leave. Right. But, but, you know, I, I just, it, it gives you such a deep appreciation for just the focus. And these are, and these are young, these are young people. Let, let's, I mean, you're talking about 18 to 20 years old oh, yeah. um, that are doing a lot of this. And yes, you do get some more senior members as you move into the jets and everything, but it's a lot of young folks that are making this sacrifice and dedicating their lives to the safety of America. And it's just so impressive to watch. And it always gives you hope, right, for the next generation. You're like, right, right. oh, my God, kids are walking around with phones this close to their face. But, you know, for that 1% to 2% that do make that decision, you know, I'm just so grateful and thankful. So I know, I know we just spent a whole segment about it, but I, I, can, spend okay. another, we need to. I, I can spend another whole day talking about it because – that's how that's that's how personal it is and how special it is. I agree with you 100%, Max. That's something that you know, I will tell you this, one of the, my greatest experiences was going to West Point while our son was there and watching a game with him at the Mikey Stadium there. Um and it was a beautiful thing and I will never forget and I forgot who they were playing against, but it was a, you know, big team and all that. But um somebody was down on the field, a player was that there was absolute silence in the stadium as all the cadets and all the people were standing in respect and as the player was being administered to by the you know doctors i'm telling you what you could have heard a pin drop in that stadium of 50,000 people 60,000 people it was amazing and the respect and the um, discipline of these incredible young people who are giving their lives to our yeah. armed forces it's it's rather amazing very amazing yeah and then still playing football. Yeah. Right. <laughs> still a- playing football. Yeah, because I've called a number of games at Air Force, and I've called a, a okay. couple of Army games. So Have you done it at, at West Point? I've never done No, oh, here's what – I'm so it. mad. I've never done it at West Point. I've never been to Navy either. I've only been to the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Oh, that, so well, my wife th- That's on there. my list. Very that's good. on my list. All right, we'll <laughs> yeah. pick it up with more. We got to go to break, but when we come back, uh, oh, wait, at the top of the hour, we got the coach, Tom Bradley, and also we got Jerry Dulek, the cool breeze himself, in the next hour coming up, and we're just going to continue on and roll on here in the locker room. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, Ben's been dealing with a few injuries, and, uh, you know, he got the pack uh, after the Raiders game, and then uh, the hip came like uh, three weeks later, 
And then, um, you know, last week it was the shoulder got mulched a little bit. He's like a, a walking mash unit all by himself. But at 38, 39 years old, what do you expect? I mean, that's the name of the game. We all know at this point in time, Max, and during a season, um, you know, everybody's nicked up. Nobody's playing at 100%. Right. <laughs> and it, Listen, the only way you're playing at 100% is if you actually just got signed. I mean, you were off your couch. That, that's the only person that's healthy right now. So you create a new mindset of what your new 100% is every week as the season goes on. You know, my, my new 100% might be somebody else's 95% and right. so on and so forth, right? And right now, you're in week, you're in week nine. I'm like, you know what? Um, my new 100% just might be 70%. But this it's the best that I got right now. <laughs> and, that, and that's what you kind of get through. And I think that's kind of, you know, par for the course. I mean, the fact that Ben is still doing what he's doing. There's a lot younger guys who've been going out of games right with, with less how many backup quarterbacks have we seen thus far that's this true. season since that's what very week true. four since yeah. week four um you know i think that's kind of what we kind of lose sight of i mean all the all the star guys and the old guys are the ones hanging around ben tom brady are still playing matthew stafford i mean you know it's that's like exactly <laughs> it <laughs> the old guys are more durable than the young guys. Just, just saying. I'm just saying. Paper mache rookies, right? There you go. That's yeah, exactly. What to, that's what Lambert build them out of granite oh, yeah. like they used to. <laughs> that's what Lambert and Joe Green used to. They'd look at us sometimes when we, if we were, you know, getting treatment, and they go, "Paper mache rookies." That's what they used to say. All right. So yeah. now the past four wins: the Broncos, Seahawks, Browns, and Bears. Ben has thrown for a combined nearly a thousand yards. And during this this four week period, six TDs, zero INTs. But this I and here, this is what I think people keep missing. You know, there's something about some of these older quarterbacks like the Bradys, the Bens, you know, Matthew Stafford, guys that have been around a while. They still have a little bit of that magic. You know what it's like to be in the huddle with these guys. You've been in the huddle with Ben. I was back there with the blonde bomber, Terry Bradshaw. You know, these guys got that whatever it is about them that they're able to produce in the big play moments of big play, you know, big games. And I look at it and I go, here you go. Ben was four or five, 51 yards on the field, game-winning field goal drive to set up uh, the Boz, you know, with 152 left in the game, which, by the way, that, I love his statement after the game when he said, I thought they left me too much time. <laughs> I, I love that. I just love that when he said yeah. that. But, you know, I think about this guy, and you think about Tampa and, 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 and what he did in, um, you know, in Detroit. I mean, it, it's unbelievable stuff that he's able to produce in those big moments of big games, and he still has that. Yeah, I, I think that's what we kind of take for granted at times, right? I, I think when you have a quarterback who has been in the same place for as long as he has, um, you tend to his standard, you know, his excellence becomes the standard, right? And we don't, and we don't necessarily appreciate it in the moment. And I think that's kind of one of the crazy things. Like, Pittsburgh, for 18 years, you have not known failure. You've not been below 500 wow. in 18 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. just, just let that permeate. And then look across the league. Who is the other team that's done that? I mean, it was New England for a long time, right? But at the same time, Brady's not there. And they had a down year last year. 
and they're going through their struggles. They're, they're, they're doing pretty good this year, but there's going to come a time when you're not going to have that, that standard of we're going to be at least 500. You know what I'm saying? Like there's going to be some times where you dip below that, especially now with the 17th game. You're either above or below by the end of the season, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> eight, nine, or nine and eight. <laughs> there's no more eight and eight. So I think when we look at that, it's something we have to appreciate. And he's seen it all. He's seen it. There's nothing that you can throw at him. And that's why when you get to those game-winning drives, that's why he's got 50 of them. Uh, you know, right. he's seen it all. There's there's no crazy exotic schemes you can throw to him. You know, bring 11, drop 10, whatever. You know, you can get as crazy <laughs> as you – it doesn't matter. He's gonna, he, he knows how to get the game done and get guys in position to win. And that, that, that's truly something that I'm just telling people, don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted because there's going to be a time where you're going to miss that and you're going to wish that you yeah, had that type of Yeah, baby. You know, that's exactly yeah. the truth. You know, uh, there's a – People are, some people are talking about that that forty two yarder you know duck that he floated up to James Washington. I call it the forty two yard comeback route. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know James came. But if you recall, he got his hand hit. You know, he moved around yeah. the, the in the in the uh, pocket. He's moving around and he's avoiding the rush. And it was a great job of avoiding the rush and creating enough space to unload the ball. And yeah, he did get you know he did float it, but that's because the ball got hit. His hand got hit. By a, a yeah. rusher, you know, and I, I don't know why, you know, you want to sit there and say that's an example of his ever weakening arm. That's a, to me that he threw it with a guy whacking his hand. You know, I mean, it, it was and it was a great play by James Washington, by the way. Well, and also think about this: the PI call, like that oh, yeah. ball was put on a rope, yeah, and the the defender interfered with the receiver, and the, so I'm like. That was a pinpoint ball. Yep. He can still throw the back shoulder fade, you know, better than most guys. So I'm like, there's certain things. Yes. Can he can he do what Justin Fields did, right? And just just rifle it for 64 yards. No, absolutely not. No. Why does he need to? Right. You know what I'm saying? That, that's called being efficient. You know, it's that that was that was sending out a prayer by Justin Fields, right? Yes. <laughs> I, yes. I hope he catches it. Whereas Ben's like, he should catch this when he throws the ball. And, no question. And that's what I mean, so I think people t trying to talk about his arm, you know, look at it. Don't look at it in, in, in just a in just the moment. Understand what the situation is. Understand the totality of the play. You know, is that if Ben's standing flat foot and able to deliver a shot, guess what? He's going to deliver the shot. But you're moving. You're getting hit as you're doing it, and still get the ball forty yards downfield in a position where your receiver can catch it. Still a pretty cool thing. It is a just very saying. cool thing. <laughs> And I go back to, again, the essence, four, five, 51 yards and the game-winning field goal drive. Set that thing up. You know, that's what you need. 50 times he's led uh, from coming from behind, uh, you know, drive to win a game. I'm tied for third with Tom Brady. Anytime you're tied with Tom Brady, you're doing something really pretty magnificent because let's face it, that guy's amazing. You've been around for a minute. Yeah. You've been around for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> You've done some things. You've seen some things in life. <laughs> exactly. When you're in that so. conversation. <laughs> and he did it faster than Tom. Yes, he did. No huh? doubt about huh? it. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Ah, there we go. That's there we go. That's something special. Yeah, less time. Think that, about that's, this. That's something, that's something You've been not, in the huddle with him. What does what what's it like being in the huddle with Ben under high pressure situations? 
I mean, it, it's like being in the eye of a hurricane, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's the calmest place you can be when there's mass destruction going around you. Um, you know, ben, ben has that determination. When you look in his eyes, you know he, he's going to do whatever it takes to get that play off, to make us successful, to put us in a position to win the game. He's going to sacrifice his body in a lot of those situations, especially when he was a younger man, right? Ben would hold the ball six, seven seconds back there and run around trying to move the defense with his feet. And it was hell as an offensive lineman trying to block for that. (laughs) It's like, why isn't the ball gone? Why is this guy still rushing me? (laughs) And, um, you know, I I just, you know, that's just something that very few guys have. When you look in their eyes, you have that confidence that you know that he's going to do whatever it takes to help us. So I need to do my best to make sure I put him in a position to be successful as well. You know, and that's what it's about. You got a guy that's been there, done that. And let me tell you something. Again, you know, between Terry's last game, Ben's first game, there was a lot of guys in between those two Hall of Famers, um, you know, that that played quarterback. So enjoy it while you got it. And as as far as that goes, by the way, we got to go to break because we got Tom Bradley, the coach, coming up here. Oh, and Max is going for the bacon, and I have right? Bacon. For, oh, and I have bacon. my goodness. He's killing me. The bacon break. Oh, the bacon, bacon break. break as soon as oh. we're off the air. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just wrong, buddy. That's wrong. All right, we'll be back with more after this as Max takes the bacon. <laughs> <laughs> 